0: Hi everyone, welcome to the T3 Technologies podcast. Uh, Today, we're gonna talk about some different topics that may be interesting, um, more so if you're in the IT space. Uh, What we're gonna be talking about is artificial intelligence and how that has a role in the managed services space, um, as well as with other uh, technology, AI in other businesses, um, in other type of industries. Uh, Today, we've got a special guest named Tim Unger from Steel Pixel Studios. He's really, really a creative guy and uh, really good with art. So he's going to be talking about as well how they use AI in their workspace today as well. So, I'm excited to dive into this. So let's let's get going.
1: Well, thank you for having me on, AJ. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Welcome, Tim. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So um, let's start with AI in the MSP space. So uh, for those that don't know what MSP is or what artificial intelligence is, let's get a little bit into that. Um, AI stands for artificial intelligence. Um, OpenAI, which is a company that developed this software, essentially that's constantly learning. So just like as us as humans, we're learning and, and adapting to our environment and you know, constantly evolving. As people, and they always say that every ten years that you actually change, you're not you're not the same person that you were ten years ago. Well, same thing with AI. Now this is brand new, and again, this is everyone's talking about it. Um, but AI is constantly evolving and changing and learning, um, but on a more of a technology microchip type platform instead of uh, with a heartbeat and a brain. Um, And for those that don't know what an MSP is, uh, basically it's, it's a company, managed services provider, and that's a company that protects you, manages your computers, makes sure they're working properly, makes sure everything's just functioning the way it should be functioning and that hackers aren't getting in and attacking you. So I guess the question is, how is AI currently affecting the MSP space? And for those of you that are in IT, I'm sure you have lots of commentary on this. Um, so, Tim, just, just so you know, um, I did do some research ahead of time. Awesome. Before I came here today. And uh, I did look a little bit into it. Mm-hmm. So, um, Tim, as you know, at T3 Technologies, we, we currently provide a service. It's called Inbox Shield. Mm-hmm. And Inbox Shield um, has a couple different variations of factors behind it. Um, one is called Graphis, and Graphis is used to go ahead and protect your inbox. Um, I'm going to dive into that a little bit. And then we have Dark Web, mm-hmm. um, which is a dark web scan. We go out and search a dark web and see if anything is on there that shouldn't be on there uh, regarding the emails um, in your domain. And then we have another one called Bullfish. And mm-hmm. this, I love Bullfish, but, Tim. tell you <laughs> about Bullfish. Bullfish is sneaky. So what we'll do is we'll send out an email that's bogus to your employees and your employees too. And we're going to see who clicks on a compromised email. Hmm. And when they do, we're going to figure it out. We're going to see who co- clicked on that email. And then we're going to send them to some training. So next time they won't be clicking on that email again. That's and fair. Yes, this is how, again, like you know how AI is constantly learning and evolving. Mm-hmm. We're gonna learn and evolve your employees. <laughs> so, and make sure that they don't compromise the the integrity of your company to some hacker out in China, Iran, Russia, yeah. even the United States. Um, so, and as you all know, uh, the biggest factor in small businesses today, is ransomware. So mm-hmm. constantly getting hit with ransomware. I mean, I've heard horror stories already. Um, people, small businesses, maybe grossing around $2 million a year, and they're getting ransomware that they want $1 million in Bitcoin to go ahead for decryption keys. For <laughs> so, again, for those of you who don't know what decryption key is, uh, usually pay that in Bitcoin, which is cryptocurrency. And that would be a key that the hacker would send you to decrypt your files so you can access them again. And sometimes you're lucky if you're able to decrypt it. Sometimes you're not.
1: So I have uh, to tell you, AJ, when I worked at, um, at a previous role, yeah. the company I worked for actually got hit with ransomware just like that. It was back when the WannaCry virus was a big thing. Oh, no. And it hit their server.
0: Oh, no. Some,
1: uh, the receptionist had accidentally uploaded a student's files that was infected with it. And it was interesting. I was actually working in an IT role at that time, and I came to uh, came into work, and the finance people were like, "Hey, I can't open QuickBooks," okay. and I'm like, "What?"
0: <laughs> yeah, that hurts. That hurts. And were you able to decrypt that uh, those files then?
1: So fortunately, I had snapshot backups of the server, awesome. and I was able to restore them. So that's a it's a good backup data recovery plan. Yeah. that something that. You guys can talk about on a later episode. Another time, another <laughs> place, my friends. Another time,
0: <laughs> another place. So, yeah, yeah. And, and again, it's all about, you know, educating your employees mm-hmm. and helping your business become protective. So, mm-hmm. but one topic I want to talk about or one su- subject matter I want to talk about is Graphis. Mm-hmm. So, Graphis protects your email. Um, and that integrates into your office 365 subscription to your google subscription whatever it might be and what happens is Graphis is going to scan your emails and then it's going to basically learn from your email patterns of what's safe and what's not Hmm. and a really good example that i've got was the word wire transfer now google will Obviously, filter out most emails that say wire transfer, mm-hmm. because obviously Steel Pixel Studios probably is not doing a whole lot of wire transfers.
1: I don't think we've ever done one.
0: Uh, right. So, <laughs> whereas if you're a mortgage broker or if you're in real estate, you might be dealing with some wire transfers mm-hmm. for property. So, so basically, what will happen is if I send you an email and mm-hmm. I say, "Hey Tim, wire transfer me ten thousand dollars to this account." Yeah. Google will send that to spam. Hmm. So what Graphis does is it will learn your email patterns. Mm-hmm. And this is AI driven with artificial intelligence. And as Graphis is learning your email patterns, it will know that if I send you multiple wire transfer emails mm-hmm. during the hours of 8 p.m. or 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Mm-hmm. It will allow those emails to be processed and sent through to your email. That's pretty cool. Now, if I go ahead and send you an email at 3 a.m. with the keyword wire transfer, the AI engine will see that and say, this is outside this user's normal pattern, mm-hmm. and then block that email. Interesting. So that's kind of how AI uh, in graphics is different from any other spam filtering software that you might have with possibly Barracuda mm-hmm. or with um, SonicWall or even with your native Outlook. Yeah, Right Right, your spam folder. Right. So, um, and one thing it's really neat what they do is uh, it builds a trust graph of the user. Hmm. So, and then you, <laughs> and it's really neat is that it will, Learn what's trusted within your organization and what is not based upon that user, and then that will carry through to all the other users in your organization. Interesting, really, really neat stuff! That's and that's how graphics is using AI to filter out, you know, potentially bad content, but yet not prohibiting you from doing business by allowing the good content to come through.
1: Absolutely, so really neat stuff. So, with that being AI. Do you see any future advancements in that or some awesome features that are on the horizon for this kind of software? You know, I was thinking about that, right? And I I don't I don't know how
0: else they could develop it in AI on an inbox shield, mm-hmm. right? More of an email standpoint, other than the fact that it would become more um more creative and how the emails are processed. Okay. Right, so, and another thing to consider, which would be neat if they can do this, now this is only for inbound emails. Mm-hmm. But let's say, God forbid, a hacker gets uh, compromises your email server mm-hmm. and starts spitting out a million emails. Um, it'd be neat if Graphis could go ahead and monitor that and start blocking those
1: emails as well. That would be neat. It's so, actually something that happens to one of our clients very often. Well, what's going on there? (laughs) So, they are a, um, one of our clients is a local university, well, community college, but we'll say whatever for the sake of the podcast. Okay, all right. right. (laughs) Um, In their IT department, I constantly hear them, because I'm in the office a lot, and I constantly hear them going back and forth, talking about how a student's email has been compromised and is now spamming, phishing emails, to the entire staff and student registry. Imagine that. And it would just be, and it's not even like a student email, it's bots that are creating bogus student accounts starting the signup process for a class so that they get the email address and never completing it. But the email works. Yep, yep, yep. So.
0: that that's the way it works. I mean, essentially it's not a human going ahead and generating all his emails. Mm -hmm. And, And you know, people get angry. That you know it, that they got hacked or their Instagram profile got hacked or whatever might have happened, but it's not a human really doing that. It's You're not right? a lot. It's a script. Mm-hmm. It's a script that somebody wrote somewhere, and all they're doing is casting this big net out in the internet and trying to find the people that that fish that wants to eat that hook.
1: And that's exactly why they call it fishing, <laughs> fishing right? That's
0: like why they call <laughs> fishing. <laughs> <Ba-dum-bum>. <laughs> So, um, and there's another company out there right now using AI, but it's it's even more creative than Grappus. <laughs> so, um, there's a company called Connectwise, mm-hmm. and I've heard they, of them. They, they, yep, and they develop software mm-hmm. for MSPs mm-hmm. to go and protect you and help do updates on your computer and all kinds of fun, intricate stuff yep. that we do in the back end. Again, it's still an adage joke, you know. So, and uh, things are aren't working on your computer. You'll ask the IT guy, "What do you do?" But when things are working smoothly, mm-hmm. you ask the IT guy, "What do you do?" <laughs> so, <laughs> right? So, you know, you can't win with IT, right? It's true. So, yeah. So, but anyway, um, connect. Connect. Wise. Automate. Um, which is their MSP platform mm-hmm. um, is now using Azure and OpenAI okay. ChatGPT um, to go ahead and start helping the their MSPs with their ticketing issue tracking processes.
1: Oh, that's awesome!
0: Really neat stuff. Um, it helps partners write complex scripts and solve um, other user codes. Yeah. So it really, really is, and this is the first time that AI in OpenAI, more specifically in ChatGPT, is being used in an MSP space. Hmm. Um, This is so new that actually the articles start coming out in February.
1: That's awesome.
0: So really, really neat stuff. So I was thinking, um, you know, now you have to write a script, all right? Now, as a human, I still have to interface Mm -hmm. that AI. Mm -hmm. But um, a couple of years ago, now some of you may not remember this, um, Microsoft released a uh, update that crashed the printer spool. And for those of you that don't know what a printer spool, spooler is, is it is a service that runs on your computers that allows you to print. Okay. I mean, it, basic terms. Um, so, and what my so Microsoft Windows, as some people call it, Microsoft. Uh, <laughs> sent out a uh, an update that crashed that service, and then you were able to print it all. Um, and then you had, and then many many hours were spent from different managed service providers rolling back those updates mm-hmm. that were pushed out by Microsoft. Now, wouldn't it be neat if something like this, something like this, Connectwise automate with OpenAI, and the AI engine would see. That the printer spooler is causing an issue and automatically roll back all its up, all the Windows update until an update is released by Microsoft to go and fix that patch. So the AI would know that the that the update that Microsoft pushed out is broken, mm-hmm. and then it would the AI also would know that we're gonna roll back all these machines that have the update applied to it. And then the machine would also communicate with Microsoft, the AI engine, would communicate with Microsoft when a new update comes out and the patch is fixed, and then it would automatically go ahead and patch all
1: those machines. That would be awesome, wouldn't it? It'd put me out of a job, but it'd be fantastic. Well, no, because you're still managing the software. It's still that's managing the software, it. right, right, right. That's actually an interesting thought because we use AI a lot. Um, in our business right and we use it for a couple different reasons sometimes to help with writing just creative content um but one of the bigger and more useful things that we use it for is scripting Scripting, whether that's um code on a website that's maybe not working correctly or whether that's code in after effects that's not quite behaving the way we want it to or getting the output yep or even i've seen people use it um to as a test not it's not quite there yet but Create an entire game in the Unity engine by communicating back and forth with this, um, with this AI as if they're the project manager and the AI is the developer, and asking it to spit out code, and put and and the project manager would be copying that into Unity. What? And people have made successful side-scrolling games doing that kind of stuff for very basic games. Yep. I think that that's super interesting stuff. But where I was getting at with that is I don't think that that wish for ConnectWise with OpenAI would not be able to do that at all. We're not that far off. And the fact of the matter is, I'm pretty sure Microsoft is a huge investment in OpenAI.
0: Well, bit, Pretty much that OpenAI and Azure go hand mm-hmm. in
1: hand. Yep. And, I mean, look at Bing AI. Yep. It's yep. it's insane what it can do.
0: Yep, yep. And then you have Bar 2, by the way. So for those of you yes. who don't know, there's... Many different platforms of AI and everyone's getting on this bandwagon now to Mm -hmm. go ahead and develop AI.
1: Well, even Adobe is. They just released generative art in Photoshop where you can now highlight something in an image and just ask it to be something different, Whatever, whatever you wish. You know, it's funny. Tim and I were playing with that the other day. And let
0: me just say, like, you can take a picture of me posing like this. And you can tell the software to put a bird in this hand and an angel in this hand, and it will.
1: And what's even crazier about it, and for anybody who doesn't know about like kind of lighting and stuff like that or Photoshop in general, like me, it's contextually understanding that image from not just reading text, like an actual image context standard and putting the proper lighting in there with it, putting the proper like depth of field from the camera in there and just. It's insane what it can do. The shadowing,
0: I mean, just mm-hmm. the shadowing alone. And what Tim had, Tim had a picture of a couple, and I guess they were renewing their vows. Mm-hmm. Um, they were married previously, COVID, and then they had to go ahead and, and they had the celebration itself. Well, the image that was taken by your camera, right, mm-hmm. Tim? It um, was kind of cropped, and you couldn't see the edge of the uh, bride's dress. And then the groom, Eh, had some space there it could be altered as well Mm -hmm. so what tim did is tim asked uh adobe to uh, to expand the image Mm -hmm. and create the image so it's a different i guess format
1: yep that's the right way of saying it different aspect ratio
0: and this you just see that it created a shadow on the expanded image of the bride's dress it was was amazing it really was
1: and not only that it looks at like the background the town that was in the background it created what it thought the town should look like for the rest of it
0: and the river too Mm -hmm. and there was actually a river river there as well and a fence i believe there was a fence in the background as well yeah oh it was uh some creative stuff
1: yeah
0: now i gotta tell you tim i downloaded some apps on my phone okay that uh you can type in the image you want to generate Mm -hmm. And apparently, these are AI-generated images. It didn't work out that well for me.
1: Well, it depends on the AI. I mean, even Adobe's, which is called Firefly, sometimes runs into some trouble. we notice? Um, <laughs> I would say out of all of those, there's definitely some ones that are better than others. There's one that, oddly enough, runs only in Discord. Um, but it's called MidJourney. Okay. And MidJourney's really good. Is it? Is it's that, yeah. It's insane what you can create on that. Some of these, I mean, all of them come out looking like fever dreams. But the fact of the matter is, like, it is genuinely decent art that comes out of it.
0: Oh, uh, see, now me, I'm not really an artist per se. You know, mm-hmm. I I create my art through my through my hands, my coding and my, <laughs> my programming, <laughs> and you know, workarounds we call them, <laughs> right? But, but it's creative art essentially in technology, Absolutely. right? So. So that's really good for somebody like me
1: mm-hmm. that
0: can go ahead and generate something, an image I have, I want to have in my head. I want to have it on paper.
1: Absolutely. And
0: I can generate an image of some kind
1: no, by typing sure.
0: what I'm looking for. Yeah. And another thing I did too, by the way, with AI and, and ChatGPT more specifically, mm-hmm. is uh, I've been educating my customers on AI. Okay. And people seem to have this fear of understandable guy. understandable right i mean
1: you we've know all seen the terminator <laughs> we
0: all seen the movie the terminator uh was the movie with will smith i robot, oh, yeah, I yeah, robot. yeah yeah which I oddly
1: robot. enough is the brand name of a household vacuum yeah.
0: now
1: I yeah, don't know. yeah 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 <laughs> yeah yep. so watch out for those vacuums people everybody shut your roomba down now <laughs>
0: <laughs> but but i mean I understand the fear Right. And then you have know, the media posing, you know, mm-hmm. the what ifs. You know, right. Could chat gpt launch a nuclear missile to Iran? All right. The possibility of that happening are very slim right now. I don't think that AI is there.
1: Well, and there's a lot of checks and balances in it I, right now for what it's even allowed to do. I, I agree.
0: I agree. So, and then, and there's talk about regulation mm-hmm. with and government uh, regulation in AI itself Mm -hmm. as well. So I don't think it's going to get to that level.
1: Well, and and part of it that I think people don't understand is they see those movies and have a preconceived notion. And because it is so good at doing it, it feels human, but it's not. It's just a bunch of lines of code that are designed to show empathy, learn from previous experiences. But all it's learning is just adding other things into its kind of like matrix of code that it understands. I agree. And it's not as real as it feels, it's it's not a real person.
0: No, but you can chat with it. You can. You can chat with it and it will respond to that chat. Absolutely. So I ran into a girl, um, was it last week? Mm -hmm. And uh, she's part Spanish Mm -hmm. and she said her English isn't that well, Mm -hmm. it's kind of broken English. And yeah. now she's dealing with customers in jewelry. It's for a jewelry store. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, prior to that, I went shopping at this jewelry store mm-hmm. and I wrote a very nice Google review using ChatGPT. <laughs> and let me just say, it spit out the, the best review ever. Now, I had to modify this review mm-hmm. to, to make it more personable. Of course. Uh, more about me, because be a when you use ChatGPT, OpenAI, ChatGPT, it's going to feel somewhat mechanical in a way, somewhat technical in a way. Mm -hmm. So you have to alter it to add some of your emotion into it, your personality into it, which I did. Mm -hmm. And then some copy-paste later into Google Review, bing-bam-boom, the review is up. So I show up there and did some work for them. Mm -hmm. And then I got a, you're the one that wrote that review? And I said no, 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 wasn't, wasn't. I I wrote it, but I didn't really write
1: it. Well, I asked something to write it.
0: You know what somebody told me? Somebody said, "Oh, yeah, your wife wrote that review." Like, no, my wife did not write the (laughs) reviews. So I went into ChatGPT GPT, Mm -hmm. and I and I start showing this girl who doesn't you has a broken English Mm -hmm. on uh, how to utilize it from a business standpoint. Yeah. I think it started off with, um, here, let's ask it to write us an email mm-hmm. to a customer that hasn't been in the store for 180 days, mm-hmm. and we want to entice them to purchase some new jewelry, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, and I started with that, yeah. and it's been a, a very nice email, mm-hmm. and then we started chatting with it, mm-hmm. and I said, also include in the, in the email that they purchased two sapphire rings. Back in January of 2023, Mm -hmm. and it added that. And then I asked ChatGPT as well to make it more personable, Mm -hmm. Um, make it more tailored uh, to how exciting it would be to come into the store again to review our new inventory Mm -hmm. and spit out some more detail. Now, Tim, I was billing them and I had to do some work. So we, we had to stop there. Yeah. But that was a good example of how ChatGPT and AI mm-hmm. could really help everyone in business.
1: Absolutely. All right. Circling back to the MSP, a thought that I had, you uh, You guys run like a, like a remote help desk for we some do. clients. We do. How could you see yourself using that ChatGPT in general? I mean, I kind of treated as like a really smart virtual assistant. Oh, my goodness. Um, But how could you see yourself implementing that into that help desk to either help with training new employees or even giving employees a tool of resource to help solve user issues more quickly on their first response?
0: Well, let me talk about how I use it first. (laughs) (laughs) And how it's so helpful for me. Yeah. Um, Anybody out there knows to write a a compliance document mm-hmm. takes hours
1: mm-hmm.
0: in research, Absolutely. and
1: time. I've been there.
0: Or you're calling a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> so one or the other, it's gonna cost you either t- money or time. Mm-hmm. So I've been writing uh, SOPs, standard operating procedures, now for our company mm-hmm. um, by going on ChatGPT, mm-hmm. little typey typey, and then <laughs> uh, it spits out an SOP for me. Copy and paste into Word, make it a PDF, put it on our IT glue document, uh, <laughs> document organization software, and next thing you know, we got an SOP. Yeah. Um. So it's been very useful as a business owner mm-hmm. to go ahead and write standard operating procedures.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um. I did ask Chat GPT to write me a legal binding contract, and it did warn me.
1: It will do it, but it will warn you.
0: Yeah, that I should consult an attorney first. Mm-hmm. So my attorney, Chuck Smith, who's a very awesome guy in Allentown, reviews those for me.
1: <laughs> did he say anything about the contract? No. He no. Did, no did not. No. Ah.
0: No, he did not. So, but but he does review them for me. So yeah. they're up to snuff.
1: <laughs> um, I, I know GPT four, which is a newer version yep. of Chat GPT, was capable of passing a bar exam.
0: Yes, it was. And for those of you that know as well, um, there are different versions of ChatGPT. So the older version is free. All you need is like an account of some kind. Google mm-hmm. um, Google Gmail is a good one to use. You can create your own email if you want and log in with that. Yep. Um, ChatGPT, I think it's 3.5 and 4.0 right now. I think
1: 3.5 is the free current version. The, and 4.0 is the paid mm-hmm. version.
0: Which is what I use and which is what you use as well. Yeah. And Um, also,
1: if anybody's interested, what Bing uses.
0: Bing uses uh, the 4.0 as well. Mm -hmm. And the 4.0 is $20 a month. It's nothing, you know, that you can't afford. Absolutely. But the development in 4.0 from 3.5 has significantly changed.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, you ask them to write the same thing next to each other and they give you completely different responses. It's,
0: it's night and day. Mm-hmm. It's night and day. And uh, for those that don't know, um, Tim um, owns another company called Mint mm-hmm. and it's a marketing company. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tim puts some of the things that we present to him that he writes on chat GPT 4.0 through an 8 I detector mm-hmm. and it can't detect it at all sometimes 4.
1: it can but not nearly as much
0: yeah as 3.5 as the free mm-hmm. version yeah yeah so yeah it's good it really is a, a useful useful tool now also another thing you use ChatGPT gpt for is powershell scripts
1: mm-hmm. absolutely um,
0: and again for those that don't know what powershell scripts are there that it's uh basically on any windows machine um and it's uh basically core software uh, operating system that you can use to do things on Windows servers and Windows machines in a, in a very generalized point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, so one thing you can do is, for example, write a PowerShell script to remove all users, all email Active Directory users that have not been active in the past 180 days and you can ask ChatGPT to write this, and you, all you need to do is copy and paste that code. Right into the terminal. Right into the terminal, and it will spit it out for you. It is, and again, this might take a programmer,
1: mm-hmm.
0: if you're good, if you're a good programmer, a couple of hours to write.
1: Oh, absolutely. And maybe if you're really, really good and. I mean, if you've memorized the book of commands for PowerShell, maybe 20 minutes. Maybe
0: 20 like. minutes, right, right. If all you do is live and breathe PowerShell, mm-hmm. 20 minutes, right? But anybody that would be on my level in technology space, you know, it's gonna take you some time. And Googling and research, you go and write that script. Absolutely. So now go into how my new employees could use it. So mm-hmm. obviously we tell our employees about AI. Mm-hmm. Um, and how it can help resolve problems.
1: And because why wouldn't you want them to be more efficient?
0: Why not? Why not? So um, so uh, I have a Kyocera printer on a virtual workstation that's not printing and I'm receiving error 0x000854321. So I can ask ChatGPT what this error means,
1: mm-hmm.
0: or I can ask ChatGPT to help me resolve
1: the error. And chances are it's going to give you a very viable solution for it.
0: And because it's a chat, mm-hmm. we can carry on.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh well. That, that didn't work. Now I'm getting this.
0: Yeah, right. Exactly. Or that, oh, that didn't work. Try this instead.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And the chat GPT will know where you're at as well in that process. Mm-hmm. Really, it, I mean, and then as well as obviously scripting mm-hmm. um, and pulling up information. You know, Tim, we provide another service as well, T3, we provide knock mm-hmm. services. Okay. So where uh, what this team does that we you know, hire out um, is they'll monitor all my customers' machines mm-hmm. and look for things that aren't working correctly, um, basic elements, mm-hmm. right, if a, if a server's down. They'll know that, and they'll try to re- remediate that. Um, if a workstation service is stopped, say a critical element service, um, no, I can't think of anything right off my head right now. Yeah, um, they'll try to resolve that, right? But this is a team of people working in the back end resolving these problems. Now, mm-hmm. you can you imagine if some developer out there <laughs> would go ahead and develop? a knock based software, which I'm sure it's coming, Mm -hmm. um, that would be AI-based, that would do all that monitoring and remediation for you.
1: Oh, absolutely. Even if it monitors and spits out exactly what's wrong and tells a developer, hey, this is broken, please fix it. Yep. Yep. That That would, I mean, granted, it would make people's lives a lot easier and maybe take a few jobs in that case. But at the end of the day, the customers are going to be,
0: super more happy more than
1: thrilled because their issues are just going to be fixed before they even catch them now what if ChatGPT
0: gpt could develop its own ai to develop the software to go ahead and resolve everyone's computer's issues
1: well as of right now i don't think <laughs> that's possible <laughs> but we were talking a little bit before the podcast about um about some of the ai that some of these game developers are putting in and yeah. kind of letting it go wild and seeing what happens And there's that one game we were talking about, No Man's Sky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where there's a very real possibility that civilizations in this game, which if you don't know, you can fly a ship around to like billions of different planets and explore them and see the wildlife, the different foliage and everything. But with AI powered into that, these otherwise dumb creatures that just kind of walk around the planet will actually have an intelligence to them and, and could potentially grow into a civilization you could stumble across. And who knows, maybe they will develop their own AI. So there is, in software,
0: in software, in, in games, mm-hmm. they have, oh, I forgot what they're called now, Tim. They're called NPCs. MPCs, thank you, thank you, thank you. You can tell yes. I'm not a gamer, right? But these MPCs are basically coded people in a game Mm -hmm. that perform a routine based upon the code that's written in. So they can't think for themselves, right? They just perform an action that they're told to do. Now, what Tim's talking about is, can you imagine if those characters without any human interference behind them would go and generate their own cultures, Mm -hmm. their own maybe language, Yeah. right? And, And their own... Their own type of food and art based upon the environment that they're put in on that specific planet. Yeah. And can you imagine, and I'm not sure if this game, if the uh, if the NPCs in this current game can go and travel from planet to planet.
1: They cannot. They're usually just kind of like animals that roam around.
0: Now imagine now that that like, like humans, like we've developed the ability to travel to outer space via, mm-hmm. you know. Rocket and jet propulsion and everything else. Can you imagine if they developed their own way of traveling from planet to planet internally? Hmm. And what that would turn out to be.
1: Imagine, oh. imagine if they developed their own way to travel that broke the code of the game, essentially destroying their universe.
0: Let's say they used uh <laughs> utilized black holes, right? Yeah. And you, you use uh Einstein's theory of relativity to go ahead and travel even between time. Yeah. I mean, can you I mean the it, it's limitless, there, people. It's limitless. <laughs> it, but really, though, I mean, and I, one joke I made is, can you imagine if the AI-generated population developed their own AI internally within the AI? Think about that for a minute. <laughs> Let that sink in.
1: We would need some serious processing power <laughs> to run that. <laughs> I, don't
0: think, I don't think Microsoft has that built into <laughs> Azure right now. I don't. I don't That's, think so. So yeah. Uh, so. But yeah, I mean, I, I mean, the idea of AI and what's coming up is really – it, it really is a powerful tool. And mm-hmm. it's not scary. And as long as you're using it for good things and to help your business grow or help you make a quilt, you know, or whatever else you might use AI for, you know, it really, really is – a, a neat way to do it. One thing I was thinking about, Tim, mm-hmm. um, and for those of you who don't know as well, um, OpenAI, ChatGPT is only text-based right now. So therefore, you cannot ask it to create you an image on the text-based platform. But what if we started incorporating video and uh, pictures into ChatGPT, and you asked it to uh, show you a camera, mm-hmm. Maybe uh, at the Eiffel Tower in Paris.
1: Hmm. Yeah.
0: And it'd take you to a website or to a um, or to a camera on the screen that shows you the Eiffel Tower in Paris. How cool would that be?
1: I mean, there are AIs that do that kind of stuff, but I, it I would agree. be pretty cool. I think OpenAI actually has Dolly. DALI. Dali. is their okay. image processing version. All right. Um, which I believe actually came out before chat gpt
0: oddly enough okay all right all right so some, some i could AI be wrong on behind that. that but okay. all right
1: um yeah dali is definitely one of those ones where you could type exactly that and it'll do its best to recreate it
0: that uh, well i meant live though so something, oh. something live
1: so that would be interesting
0: or or unify it all in one platform because right now too there's a lot of yeah. platforms for ai mm-hmm. to do what you need it to do
1: yep even bing they've tried to make it feel unified but it's it still you have to go through separate tabs right. to use the different features correct to get different things out of it
0: right whatever you might need mm-hmm. oh another thing that uh listeners might not know as well is that open ai chat gpt only goes back to 2021 yep so does not know current events currently and again is that That is because of the the way it was developed and in its learning process, but also it's kind of a safety feature
1: as well. A little bit. I mean, Bing has access to the internet. It does, and And so is Bard too. Yes, right. And Bing, I will say, is pretty crazy. You can ask it about current news articles, and it will answer you. And you can also (laughs) ask it about like things to shop for. Like if you're trying to purchase, say, we're trying to purchase a new camera, and we need to compare features, right? um i don't have to rely on a salesperson not knowing what they're talking about i can ask bing yep and have it just spit out whatever yep it's researched on the internet take me directly to links for places to buy them and help me find the best price you know it's funny you say that
0: i uh recently signed up for a a sales program Mm -hmm. and it's from a person called jeremy minor and uh it's a really neat program about sales One thing he talks about is how the sales landscape has changed from, it doesn't matter if you're B to C, B to B or B to G, it doesn't matter. But the sales landscape has changed because before you have a sales rep, you could trust what they're saying. Let's say I'm going to Sears and I'm buying an appliance. Mm -hmm. I have to trust what that sales rep is telling me about the appliance and what it can do. Now, you can do your own research. Now you can delve even deeper into the
1: research by yeah. using AI. Well, it makes the research so much easier. It does. It's, as easy as it sounds to just Google something, sometimes it's hard to get the results you want out of a standard search engine. It's true. But it's true. when you can have a conversation with something about it, and it can understand what you're saying and try and grasp what you're looking for, right? that changes everything. It's like a know-it-all uncle. <laughs> <laughs> except it, it actually dinner. knows it all. <laughs> it actually knows it all right
0: right right <laughs> so yeah so it's not scary it's not it's not scary it's not going to take over the world but it is a very very powerful tool that you can use in your life whether you own a business you're an employee of a business or you just want to find out some good facts about traveling um, really, really good okay. stuff to use.
1: Absolutely. So
0: I know people are scared too about how this will take over their job mm-hmm. and eliminate their job, but I don't think so. I really don't. I think it's going to help augment. Absolutely. And make that make their lives easier mm-hmm. and make them uh, have a, a more powerful force at their skill, whatever it might
1: for be. For sure. I know for us, I, I always say, you know, marketing is one of those things that could easily be taken by chat gpt before like even you were talking about the emails before yeah but at the end of the day that doesn't mean every single person wants to use it right cares to use it or knows how to use it right right um and i believe that as long as we're on the cutting edge of that technology and we understand how to use it and we are growing with it right um, I, I don't see it as a threat. I see it as a huge aid,
0: and that's going to be our next topic, by the way, is this <laughs> evolving in technology. So yeah, um, yeah, I really think that, I really think that as well. Like I mentioned about the the Google review that I wrote, mm-hmm. I had to add my personality into that review. Mm-hmm. Uh, we couldn't just go ahead and copy. I mean, I could have just copied and pasted the <laughs> review. But it was, again, it was sounded uh, almost insincere, mm-hmm. almost like it was scripted. So I had to alter that to go ahead and add my personality traits to it.
1: Absolutely. Um,
0: and really, and quite frankly, uh, Wesley Jewelers down in, uh, <laughs> down in Florida, down in Melbourne, Florida, super, super nice people, the mm-hmm. sweetest people. Uh, and they are so knowledgeable, of a, they said rocks, they call them rocks. <laughs> so diamonds, emeralds, rubies, they're all rocks. But um, they really, really, they treated me really well. and I really mm-hmm. wanted to give them that, the best review possible. from so the great experience that I had, and AI doesn't know the experience that I had. All mm-hmm. it knows is write me a good review. So I, had, so I had to alter it, obviously, and make it more human. And which you do all the time, I'm sure.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So it's it's not scary. So, so with that said, um, stay tuned uh, for our next episode um, coming in the upcoming months. Um, if you enjoyed what we listened to today, I'm sure you'll enjoy some of the topics we have coming up, um, such as uh, the evolving of technology. So are humans evolving with technology? Or is technology evolving with us humans? Um, as well as, uh, and then we all talk about mental health and how mental health has an uh, impact on us here in in uh, in our own lives, and as well as how our mental health affects other people.
1: Mm-hmm. So,
0: so as technology advances, how is that going to help us with mental health? So um, again, some topics we have lined up for in the future. So looking forward to. Uh, See what we have coming up. Thanks, everyone. Appreciate it. Thank you.